What's up, Badger fans? Is it time to play the young guys? What's what's the balance there for the rest of the Badger season between still trying to win but maybe getting some of the younger guys more reps? Let's talk about it on today's Coach's Corner. You are Locked On Badgers, your daily podcast on the Wisconsin Badgers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Badger fans? Welcome to Lockdown Badgers, your team every day. Every Wednesday, we do Coach's Corner. We're going to break down the previous game, what's coming up this week, some bigger picture uh, coaching thoughts and ideas and narratives. Today's episode brought to you by FanDuel. New customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150. If your team wins, visit FanDuel.com slash Lockdown to get started. And as we do every Wednesday, we are bringing on Coach Anderson, the Dairy Raid. Coach, I've said several times, you're never as good as your best film and never as bad as your worst film. What can you tell that me? Is... Indiana. <laughs> let's let's Indiana. put that to the test. What, what's good out of the Indiana game that you saw? Well, I, I literally just finished 15 minutes ago my good and the bad and the ugly breakdown. So I did find some good. Not much. Um, I thought the offensive line was, on average, for based on the season, a little better. Uh, I thought pass protection issues that we had um, were more on Braden Locke, more on the running backs than had been on the tackles in the past or, you know, like, or like uh, Illinois, the guards. So that was a little bit better. There was more consistency. So that was good to see. Um, It was good to see a couple new faces get involved in the offense Vinny Anthony on the end around, Kate Iacomelli, finally a Kate Iacomelli sighting more than just a cameo. Um, Tresh Kekahuna got a kickoff return. Um, so th- that was nice to see. You know, it. I think this Indiana game, it was a bad game for sure. But some people calling it the worst Badger game they've ever seen have not been a fan for that long or their memory is not very deep. I mean, there are games that hurt me worse than this one. Um, I think, I think this game was the culmination of just a frustrations all getting the best of us, but the Illinois, the Illinois game last year, the Arizona state game from 2013, there's so many games that hurt me more than this one. It was a bad game. No doubt about that. Shouldn't have lost. Shouldn't have lost to that Indiana team. But it's not this, you know, Luke Fickle era defining loss that everyone's putting it to be. It was bad. But this is not a very good team. And I think that's another thing that needs to be taken into a context as well. If we were going into this game with eight wins, getting in position to, to lock down the Big Ten West, then it's a bad loss. But we were a five and three team struggling on both sides of the ball all season. Losses like this happen. Yeah. Aren't we, though, and I want to ask you a question quick to Bert. I'm, I'm going to put you on the spot. Aren't we kind of in that spot, though, fighting for a potential Big Ten West? I mean, there were stakes well, here. Like, it's well, not- yeah, I mean, yes, yes, when, when, with the, the state of how bad the Big Ten West is or how open it is, in that case, yes. So I maybe maybe my context is a little bit more like fighting, you know, fighting for a Big Ten championship. Maybe that's a better yeah, way to that. put it. 
No, 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 no. Even, even, I mean, and this, this is people are like, you know, getting to the Big Ten championship game is a big deal. Do we want to play Ohio State again going into a bowl game? I don't. Like, as bad as we are, I, I, going to the Big Ten championship game is not a reward unless you're capable of winning it. So I don't see it as a reward as everyone says it is. I know it's going to get, Big Ten is going to get a whole lot harder starting next season, but it's going to get harder for everybody else. So, like, yes, getting getting to the Big Ten championship game is is great, but we're not PJ Fleck. We're not going to put it on a ring just because we're going there. So, like, I get your point on that. Be, I, yeah, yeah. To be the best, to be the best of a bad division, is not necessarily an accomplishment. So, like, if we were in a position to make have a legitimate accomplishments this year, playing for a, a New York New Year's Day Bowl or playing to potentially win the Big Ten, this game would have a hell of a lot more impact than it had. Yeah, I, I it was still a bad. It's still a bad loss. And there's there's a lot of people that share the perspective. The idea of well, you know, we we gave everything we had to Ohio State at home at night in Camp Randall, won the turnover battle, and lost by two scores. What's it going to yeah. be like in Indianapolis or or Michigan potentially, right? Yeah. And nobody yeah. wants to go and get thunderstruck, you know, forty nine to fourteen, and and that that's yeah. a that's a terrible showing. So I want to put you on the spot really really quick, and then get into a question about younger players. I have it on my board back here, so I'm going to just take this one second. Over under one and a half wins for the rest of the season for the Badgers, not counting a bowl game. So you got three games left. You got Nebraska, you've got Northwestern, you've got Minnesota. If I gave you a, an over-under of one and a half, where would you go? I would go over because I think we beat Northwestern and I think we beat Minnesota. Oh, I, I would um, to beat Minnesota at this point. I, I, th- I think, I think right, based on the players we have and if they can get their heads straight and the coaching staff can sell that mission, I think two wins is very, very possible. I think three wins is possible. I'm not saying likely. I'm not saying – most likely, whatever, is possible. I think two wins is likely if we play up to the level that our talent and that we have shown throughout the season. However, if we, we come out and lay an egg and play to the lower half of what we have, we're going to. Oh, I think I lost coach here. Oh, there's back. Yeah, we lost. For uh, I'm here. Second, okay, I'm no, here. And two and I'll, one is where. I'm at two. No, we just lost a tiny bit at the end. So we got your okay. prediction. Okay, good. Good. Go to Northwestern if we play up to our, our level, which again, we haven't really been able to do all year. That's That's been the frustrating no. part. Of, because we should, you should be, you should be two and one. You should win Minnesota. You should win Northwestern. Yeah. And even Nebraska's a coin toss game. But honestly, you could go one and two and nobody would bat an eye at this point. Mm-hmm. And, and there's a, definitely a large chorus of the Badger fandom that thinks we're going to go 0-3. Mm-hmm. And maybe they're right. But it, it's this season is a culmination of a lot of things that have been happening over the last couple of years. And unfortunately, this year's team is kind of feeling the wrath of it. And it's something that me and uh, Colton talked about last night that, um, you know, the problems we're having now, they can date all the way back to 2017. Well, so, here, here's the poll results. Ready for this? Uh, Badgers record down the stretch, 3-0, 12%. Optimist out there. That's probably Rajid voting a thousand times. <laughs> uh, we got 27% for 2-1, and one, 17% for 1-2, and two, and 8% at 0-3. So you kind of have about a 10% extreme that says we're going undefeated or we're not going to win a game. 
most people say two and one. There is a 35% group that says don't care, just win the axe. <laughs> and 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 for some people, I mean, you know, a lot of the people out here watching this are gonna are gonna get really mad at me when I say this. I'm a Chicago Bears fan, and beating the Green Bay Packers is about that's a winning season for me. And we mm-hmm. haven't done it very much in my lifetime. Um, sometimes it's all that matters. And not for this Badgers team, it is not all that matters, but it's definitely on the way. Yeah. So let's, let's beat Minnesota. Let's win the ax. Um, that would be enormously nice way to cap off this season. Absolutely. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break here. Um, we're going to come back. We're going to ask uh, coach an interesting question that a lot of fans kind of wrestle with. At what point do you maybe start looking at some younger players, maybe some packages with younger players? How does that affect the rest of the year? Potentially is that something that coaches will do? We're going to get coaches take on that next on lockdown badgers, but first a quick break for our friends of the show over at Jace medical. And listen, we, we spend a lot of time talking together, you, me, and together we get fired up for wins. We get uh, depressed for losses. We have therapy in between. Who sit, starts, who sits. I'm thankful for that connection we have. Today, I want this chat to be a little more personal. I just learned through Jace Medical that you can get a one-year supply on ED medications. You realize what that means of being on extended travel, the next natural disaster supply chain issue. You are covered, my friend. You don't have to worry about whether or not you can refill your prescriptions and this is because of our friends over at Jace Medical. Go online right now at jacemedical.com. Receive your 12-month supply on your daily medication. Remember to use promo code LOCKEDON at checkout for discount as well. A verified customer had this recently to say about Jace Medical. I am, quote, I am thankful for their service. Supply chain issues caused me to cut the pills in half that I have to have. I ordered most of my daily meds with a year supply. I also ordered the antibiotic kit. I feel secure now. Prices are lower than local pharmacies. I highly recommend this for everyone. That's from a satisfied customer. If you or someone you love needs to have peace of mind by having a year supply of any daily medication, go to jacemedical.com and see if it's offered for you. Remember to use promo code locked on and get $20 off your purchase. Remember the big thing with Jace Medical, what I've always talked about is it's good. It's important to be empowered to take care of your family, protect their loved ones during times of unexpected. Jace handles everything from online evaluations to licensed pharmacy medication delivery. Again, go to Jace Medical, use promo code locked on at checkout for a $20 off your purchase. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, let's get Coach back on. Uh, and I think this is an interesting, very interesting discussion and conversation, Coach. Fans always, when seasons turn from hopeful to disappointing, um, optimistic to maybe pessimistic, fans always want to see the younger players, right? Because you want to build for the future. And this is true across every sport. College, college is different. You're not, you're not tanking for a lottery pick. There's not an advantage to losing games. How do you balance this as a coach? Playing younger players with an eye on next year, but knowing you still have to win down the stretch. I think it's, it's different now in college football with how red shirts work. And I think you're going to see that now with the strategy they've used. The kids that you've seen play a lot so far are the kids that they think are going to make an immediate impact 
next season when roster spots open up. Christian Allegro has been a core special teams guy since week one. He's a true freshman. <clears throat> Tucker Ashcraft, guys like that who are playing, maybe Tucker Ashcraft playing more because of injury, but he wouldn't be playing if they, they didn't see a future for him. Austin Brown. Then, Austin Brown. And, and then you're starting to get guys now that we are getting into the the red shirt window because everyone can play four games without losing their red shirt. Now you're going to start seeing young guys who could potentially be in the, in the mix next year, who they want to see get put in situations like Tretch and, and other guys like that. I think we're going to start seeing these next couple weeks because now is a chance that you can, you can work with them. They've earned the playing time. But the balance between earning the playing time and losing the red shirt, now that that's gone, it's more likely that they're going to get in and they're going to play more. And that's going to help with depth. Um, we've been relatively okay with injuries outside of a couple key spots, obviously, which who knows, maybe this means Nate, Nate White gets some reps because uh, no worry about a red shirt anymore with him. Um, so that could be a potential. And then you're going to get guys who are like, nope, they're not ready getting them in now would only hurt their development. And those are the guys you'll see next year. And then, and then, and then the, I guess the next category would be the guys who've already used their red shirts and haven't gotten in while you could get creative and start getting them in. I know there's been a lot of talk about the quarterbacks in particular, trying to get them, you know, put packages together and let Nate, uh, Nick Evers run, et cetera. That and, and that certainly could help, but I don't think Nick Evers is coming here to run the Wildcat. I, I think he wants to play quarterback, not glorified running back. I think the same for Miles Burkett. So they're they're going to try. They're going to expand their depth with young guys these next four or five weeks going into the bowl game until the end of the season. But I don't think they're going to go crazy and just okay. We're going to get the the second team receiver core in fully into the rotation. It's going to be guys who can help them win now and guys who can help them win soon are the ones who are going to play the rest of this season. The guys who are going to help us win down the road, you'll see them in the spring and going into next season. Let me ask you specifically about Evers and the, the quarterback slash wildcat question. And I don't, I wouldn't specifically call it a wildcat. And this is something a lot of fans have talked about is something I've talked about. Is it, is it that difficult to, and again, this might sound a little bit like fan talk, but is it that difficult to find a package where he could have a simpler re run pass option and use, use the athleticism, especially when you consider how difficult this offense has had generating offense the last four weeks. And I want to throw I mean, one more question in there for you. Hmm? Nick Evers is 6'3", 200, and he runs a 4'5". If he, 4'5", five, 5-ish. Five if he's on the field, is there another... Is, is he the most athletic guy on the field for Wisconsin offensively? He... And that could be, I mean, I mean, you could go down the road of Florida back in the day with Chris Lee getting in position to win a national championship and freshman Tim Tebow comes in and they have a package and every, everyone knows exactly what he's going to do. And he still does it anyways. I think Nick Evers is a better quarterback than Tim Tebow was. So that could be, it could bring that balance. Better thrower. Uh, yeah, exactly. That, sorry. That, yeah, that's no, what no, I, mean. no, I knew exactly um, what you meant. I just wanted to make sure some somebody yeah. in the comment section wouldn't lose their mind. Oh, no. Yeah, don't want to do that. Um, so that could definitely be it. Um, you know, I I like Nick Evers 
skill set. And I like what he brings to the table. But there is a reason why he's the third string quarterback and he was the fourth string quarterback coming in now. So the question is going to be, is there a package that Miles Burkett is mm-hmm. going to help the team with? And I'm not sure. Like he's athletic, he can move around, but his arm is not the same as uh, Braden's is. And I think the thing we got to think about too is it's not like Braden can't run. I, I think in particularly Indiana game, I think he made some bad reads. Like I think he can get involved enough in the run game to keep the defense is honest. He just needs to be smarter about it. So maybe, maybe, maybe if these guys could, yeah, maybe if these guys can show better discipline when it comes to, to the, to the RPOs and comes to the zone reads, then yeah, maybe a package w- would work in, but you can't just put him in, put, bring in a guy off the bench and expect the defense not to focus on. Him. Well, they definitely key on him. Like, and, and some fans have pointed yeah. that out. If you bring, Evers in suddenly, he's never thrown a pass. You're definitely going to get it. But my point to that would be kind of twofold. And I I hear what you're saying. I I totally, and I don't want to write off Miles Burkett. The reason I don't go to Miles Burkett is I feel like he has more of a similarity to Locke, whereas you would just stick with Locke. Whereas at least Evers to me, if you think back to Wisconsin, the last 10, 15 years is like Tanner McAvoy. And when he came in, everybody knew he was running. But he's still a gash defense is just because yeah. there, there is an athletic element to just putting a guy on the field that could run a four or five. And that, that's hard to and, deal with. And and maybe, you know, who knows what they've been working on? Maybe they've been working on a package where Nick Evers is lining up at receiver mm-hmm. and running some reps at receiver. And then, you know, through motion, through shift, through anything, um, he gets the ball in his hands and he throws it. I mean, I remember back in the day, 10 years ago, Princeton used to run an offense with three quarterbacks on the field at the same time. They had a righty, a lefty, and a fullback, basically quarterback. And it was insane. I don't think we're going to do that, but that's awesome. I don't don't think we need to dig this deep into the bag of tricks and packages to win these next three games. And I think I think Braden Locke has shown that he can do enough in all aspects of the game to win. Um, But if we want to add another element, another dynamic, that could be a way to go, especially right now when our running back situation is not ideal. Well, there's also a chance. I mean, certainly that in practice, they've they've repped some type of package with Everson. It hasn't looked like it's possible that, you know, Mm -hmm. he has to grasp that portion of whatever. So, I I mean, certainly – I'm just kind of speaking into the wind here. It's just tough to see the offense struggling. You know, you at least have that type of athlete on the bench, but yeah, it's, it's something that fans talk about as well. You mentioned, um, I want to shift off Evers because I think we, we kind of beat that one to death a little bit. Um, guys like Allegro, Austin Brown, how big are these reps for them going into next year? Oh, it's huge because the biggest, di- like football is football. The, they know how to play football and, you know, they're excelling in practice. There's no problems there, but the situation, to going from, I mean, Christian Allegro went to a small prep school in Connecticut, and now he's going to be in Camp Randall Stadium with close to 80,000 people. It's a different dynamic. And for these kids to get realistic reps in a situation like that and to learn how to put the blinders on and only focus on what's in front of you, it's huge. 
And the fact that they are playing early and excelling at the roles that they have is a really good sign of things to come. Because in Wisconsin history, we don't play freshmen early often unless they show something. I mean, in the last few years, the people I can think of, Herbig, you know, mm-hmm. Chris Orr started as a freshman before he hurt himself. Benton played. Um, Benton. And, you know, on offense, Jonathan I can't Taylor. Jonathan, yeah, mate, yeah, him. Like, you know, they're talking about, we're talking about quarterbacks too. The last time a freshman quarterback played for us was what? Brooks Bollinger? <laughs> I mean, it's been a while. Yeah, it's been, it's been a, a hot minute for sure. Um, and that's a good well, point. Uh, so, so it's, so the fact that these kids are playing and, you know, like we saw in the Illinois game, like they had a plan for Allegro. Mm-hmm. And so, so they're already thinking ahead and he's the type of guy, especially that could help this defense. Like, I think we could actually see him get in the defense rotation because his lateral speed is something we're missing in the linebacker core. And it's a signal of change of how linebackers are going to look in this system going forward. They're going to be a lot more like Christian Allegro and a lot less like Jordan Turner. Or so the fact, or, you know. Yeah, exactly. So, so we're going to start seeing more guys like that. And if they can play, get them in. Yeah. Well, and and, to your point, Allegro was – he played a lot of secondary in, in that prep school in college. He was a safety mm-hmm. linebacker. He's a multi-sport star. And then you look at the class coming in, Lafayette, athlete in space, Heiberger, yep. major athlete. Like that's who they've targeted. They've targeted yep. big rangey athletes. Raphael Dunn might be a might be a linebacker. We don't really know. That's another rangey big athlete. Yep. Well, yep. and that's the great that's what I really like about the change in recruiting. Not uh, nothing against how the team was built before, but I really like these. They're not tweeners. They are guys of certain athletic, like Raphael Dunn could be a defensive end or he could be a safety depending on what direction you want to go with them. And that for a coach is exciting because you can let his ability dictate where he goes and not just his body type. You know, the, the offensive lineman that we bring in up until this, this past recruiting cycle, well, they all fit the same body type and they're all going to do about the same thing. And, that's what you got. You don't have, and and when one guy shows himself to be above that, well, that's the guy you build the run, the run game around. But when you have these guys who, you know, you're not, you may be recruiting them for a specific role, but based on their body type, they could fill several. That means you have a much higher chance of them sticking and finishing and being something instead of he's a hit and miss. And we've had hit and misses in the past in this program where guys come in with a lot of potential and then they fizzled out, but then you have no results to put them. I think you're building building a a more versatile roster. Yeah. Yeah. And, and athletes, I mean, Mm -hmm. football is the the game of football has changed where it's going to be 11 athletes versus 11 athletes. And we're, we're getting that for sure. Let's let's continue this conversation after a quick break. I want to talk to you about something that fans, I feel like, scream into their TV 10 times a game, and it's why the swing pass. Stop it, please. I want to talk <laughs> about that next on Locked on Badgers. But first, a quick break for our good friends of the show over at Prize Picks. 
Prize Picks is the largest independently owned daily fantasy platform in North America. And it is the largest for a reason. It's the easiest to use. It's simple. And they finally solved the biggest problem with daily fantasy sports. You don't have to compete with thousands of people anymore. People in their, their <clears throat> with tons of time in their basements, crunching thousands of numbers. Where regular Joes like you and I have no, no chance of winning. Prize Picks has taken that off the table. All you have to do now is compete between yourself and the numbers. You pick between two and six players. Stats over or under certain categories. That's it. That's all. Uh, is uh, Braden Locke going to have more or less passing yards than what Prize Picks puts out there? That's all you have to pick. And if you win, the winnings roll in. It's fast, simple, in and out of the site. Make your picks in under 60 seconds, which I absolutely love. Very intuitive to use. And there is a reason we do it on the Lockdown Network. It is the best place to do this. Go to prizepicks.com slash lockdown college. Use code lockdown college for a first deposit match up to $100. Prizepicks.com slash lockdown college. Use code lockdown college for first deposit match up to $100. Prizepicks daily fantasy sports made easy. Coach, let's let's get into it, buddy. Um, people don't like the swing pass anymore. I here's how I'd phrase it, and I want you to kind of get into your take on this. I understand the the point of it in the ecosystem that Phil Long was trying to build. I understand it's a bit of an extension of a running game. I think you've talked about that specifically. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a toss in a way. It's a way to get your guy out of space. At the end of the day, Jackson, Jackson Aker and Braylon Allen just aren't very good at it. Um, they, yeah. they've, I, I threw it up here. They have 39 total receptions between the two of them for 141 combined yards. That is a really – that seems from a statistical output and from an eye test a really inefficient way to use them. There is. And now with the swing passes, in this offense, there's two types of swing passes. There is the, the bubble screen where mm-hmm. it is a designed – swing pass the ball is going there or it's a part of a package where the swing pass is an option and then there are swing passes that come as an an outlet on a another pass pattern so when it comes to the the outlets on a on a deeper pass pattern essentially what you were exchanging a swing pass for is forcing the ball into a bad spot to either get a, a turnover or at best an incomplete pass. So the way that I can see it there is you are essentially tr- getting a high percentage pa- chance to gain yards in a situation where yards aren't there. Now that might be one yard, that might be zero yards, but there is a, there is a potential there. And that route is there. Now, in my personal opinion, I don't use swing passes in that way. I tend to tend to put my running backs in the flat because there's a better chance to gain yards off it. However, that changes the dynamic for the quarterback where his eyes are going to be. Um, and for my system, I, I'm not looking as far downfield. So maybe that makes my, my stuff easier. And then there are the, the bubble screens and the, the access throws put tagged on the back of like a package play where he has a quick pass concept on one side and a, and a bubble screen on the other that just comes down to a leverage read and that comes down to the quarterback looking at the field and deciding which side of the field gives me the best option and unfortunately a lot of cases that gives us the best option because it, and this is something that i've talked about too is one thing with the air raid is you're trying to put the defense in a vertical and a horizontal threat at all times, and especially in the passing game. And when you put teams in that kind of threat, most of the times they play zone. But our receivers are having so much trouble getting open 
that teams can just play man against us. And we're not breaking man coverage. So really, sometimes the only option is to throw that swing pass. And the leverage read gets easier for the quarterback where he just decides, well, these guys can't win on this side. I'm just going to get it over here and get it quick and easy. Um, there are more varieties of things that the running back can do. And we have been seeing a couple different routes. We're seeing a little more angle routes. But I would say the swing pass and how we're using it is not just an extension of the run play, the run game. It is the essentially most of the time it is showing that we're actually failing downfield. So at least we're going to get something out of the play instead of guaranteed nothing. Well, and it feels like uh, defensively, you know, teams are, are totally fine with giving that up because it, yeah. it just doesn't hurt them. Yeah. And, and, and that's how most defenses play. And it's how, how I do too, is that you, you play downhill and you got to make a tackle in space. You can make there, a tackle in space. So this, again, just kind of walking through this. And again, your, your explanations are awesome because it provides a coaching context to what we see as fans. And I think the different perspectives are really helpful. Is there ever at any point of consideration? And now this will, will cause defenses to potentially key differently and see different things, but let's, let's try to find maybe a different guy we can build. Maybe it is a Yacomelli. Maybe I think Nate White's not ready. Um, and Chez would have been better in that role, almost certainly. But at some point, yeah. like I, I can definitely understand the rationale. The leverage is there. That's the right read. But it, I guess the bigger point I'm trying to make is, is it the right read if it's a really inefficient player to be put in that spot? Because those are downhill players and putting them in space is yeah. tough. And, 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 and we've seen with those, with those plays, they are hit and miss. And, you know, both, both Braylon and, and Jackson have – caught those balls in space and turned them upfield for six, seven yard gains. It's happened. It's happened more often than people will give them credit for, but they are not built to do that. That's what Chez was here for. That was, that was going to, that should have been Chez's role. Um, that could be, and probably now will be Cade Iacomelli's role because I think once Braylon gets healthy, I think the Indiana game proved that Jackson and Katie Akimeli are not combined to make Braylon Allen. They are complements to Braylon Allen. Mm-hmm. And so I think we're going to start seeing once Braylon gets healthy, more of a running back by committee where Braylon's going to take his reps that he needs. And then Jackson and Cade are going to start divvying up a little more of a role for them to take away the other reps, maybe some of the reps that Ches would have had and, and to spell Braylon at the same time. At least I hope, I think, I think Kate Yacomelli showed in the Indiana game that he has the skill set to succeed in this offense. He doesn't have the maturity in the position to be in every down back or to be a key contributor yet. I think we saw in the Indiana game, why we haven't seen him to this point. I think he made a lot of rookie mistakes, if you want to call it that. But he also showed flashes that, wow, this kid can run, and he runs yeah. with power. And you he's know, an he's a good athlete. He's a great, and he's aggressive. And he let his aggressiveness get too much of him, fighting for yards that weren't there, and that caused a fumble. So, I'm hoping that we're going to start to see a little bit better rotation between the three, and that could help. Coach, I want to end up here. Uh, you recently did a really cool interview with Colton Bartholomew. 
uh, kind of what's the the big picture with that and where can people find that to kind of support what you're doing? Yeah, well, we, we did it last night on, on the dairy raid. Uh, and basically, I reached out to Colton because, you know, a lot of sports writers don't have sports background. They have a lot of opinions on things that they don't know much about. And Colton's not one of those guys. He's a, he's a guy with smart football knowledge, and he's played football, and he knows football. And I wanted to talk to him about the offensive line. You know, I know I have ragged on the offensive line a lot this year. Um, I've criticized them. You know, I have my snarky comments in my breakdown videos about a couple players in particular. And I really wanted to find out from him what maybe I'm missing, what what I'm not because I'm only seeing the game from the broadcast angle like everybody else. But as someone who's been at practice, who's talked to these these players and talked to the coaches, what am I missing? And so we, we talked a lot about the the transition from the, the pro style to the air raid. Is it the players that are having the issue? Is the scheme doesn't fit the players? Is it something in between? Uh, we talked about how this new staff is changing the way we recruit offensive linemen. We're recruiting offensive linemen that seem to have roles instead of the refrigerator body type that we, we get that guy who's six foot six to six foot eight and we bulk him up to 320 pounds. And when he's a red shirt sophomore, he's good to go. It's we've changed the type of players that we're bringing in more athletic players. And we talked, uh, you know, that we're in a good spot, but that this season is kind of the culmination of a pattern that has been happening you know, I, I said going back to 2019, he went even farther and said 2017. So a lot of good stuff. Um, I sat there and did a lot of a lot of smiling and nodding because when when a good person knows what he's talking about, you let him talk. And so we went through a lot of great stuff. And I, I definitely encourage people to check it out. And uh, I hope to do more of these in the future. It's kind of Col Colton was one of my first, uh, you know, supporters with the Dairy Raid and finally worked up the courage to actually ask him if he'd want to talk. He said yes immediately. So I hope this is a start of uh, talking to more guys like him in the future. No, it was great, man. And I definitely encourage people to go check out Coach Anderson, that interview, plus all of his content. Go support his channel because he does amazing work. I always say that. Um, Coach, that's it for today. That is a full Coach's Corner on Wisconsin. Um, let's beat Northwestern. Let, let, let's get going. Yeah, we got we to do that. We got to do that. Let's beat Northwestern on Wisconsin. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in.